Gather your gear and load up for an adventure in entrepreneurship. This is the Business Backpack, a podcast produced by the Idaho Women's Business Center. And we are here to share stories and insights about launching and maintaining solid strategies for small business. Plus, we admit, we just like to chit chat about things that matter to us in life. The more well-equipped we are personally, the better we can engage and execute things professionally. Join us on our weekly trek towards entrepreneurial excellence. All right, time to dive into meeting one of our staff members at the IWBC. It's always fun for us to recognize the strengths and talents among our team, because as we talked about in our last episode, uh, Christina and I were reflecting on the growth that has happened in the past year and how important it's been that we've been able to realign our goals and initiatives. So if you didn't catch it, make sure that you listen back to our prior episode about our 44 by 22 rural growth initiative. Uh, But we're excited to be here today. Again, I'm Megan with the Idaho Women's Business Center. I'm the Director of Communications and Connections. And I always have a great time putting the podcast together with my teammate, Christina Perez. Say hey, Christina. Hey, everyone. Thanks, Megan. (laughs) So today we have a fun treat. One of our teammates who is um, over on the eastern side of the state and is an associate director for the WBC is with us today, Dr. Cheryl O'Brien. And she has a really cool, like extensive and robust um, history in business. And and now she's working with us doing stuff at the WBC with such an innovative approach. And the way she's been handling some of our projects um, has been really nice and relieving to have um, the initiative that she's taken and just seeing the passion she has for helping women business owners. So welcome to the show, Cheryl. We're so glad you're with us. Thank you, Megan and Christina, but I always enjoy hanging out with you too. Nice. Excellent. Well, yeah, that means it's going to be <laughs> an extra you. fun podcast episode. <laughs> oh yeah. So <laughs> let's start from the present before we flash back to the past. Um, as you came on with the WBC, like what were some of the things that were most enticing to you and, or, or was it, is it as you expected from coming on? Uh, like what, bring us up to your present date of what your role is, what do you love about the WBC? Sure, sure. Well, as Megan suggested, I am in the east part of the state and there is a brand new office here. So I only came on board in August of 2020, and then we had our grand opening of this office, a one-person office, in October, just a little over a month later. So I had quite a steep learning curve. And Idaho Falls, our next closest office is Twin Falls, which is also a one-person office. And then we have, you know, the core group there in the Boise Napkin area. So unlike maybe the Treasure Valley, Valley, Ada County area, there weren't just many women members here clear in East Idaho. So that was a big, big challenge for me is to see if we could grow our membership over here. So I'm doing that and still working on it. So I've been reaching out to other local economic development agencies like the Idaho Innovation Center, like small business development centers, like development uh, councils, like regional economic developers. They're all tucked in in all kinds of these counties in Idaho. So I've been getting to know them, but of course with our opening of the office and getting a little bit more visibility, we've had a lot of women joining the IWBC. 
about 70% of the calls I get or the members that I join in are women starting a business group for the very first time. Mm. That's interesting. I, I did a little bit of the, well, as much as I could for a while, the director role, but wearing multiple hats, I didn't actually get as much face time with clients as I think is really necessary. And so even just hearing that statistically of that, like, this is their very first attempt at entrepreneurship. Um, what are some of the things that are behind that? Do you think? Oh yeah. Well, Cause talking to the other directors who've been here longer, that didn't used to be the case. It was a little bit more even mixed with people who are already established in business and maybe just want to brush up on some skills or even just to network and get to know other women in business. But now what we're seeing, and this fits national statistics that from the pandemic, that a larger percent of women than men have either been furloughed or lost their jobs. And I'll get a call at least once a week from one of our new members saying, I wanna start my own business because I wanna be in control of my destiny. I don't want mm. to be an employee anymore. I don't want to be laid off You know, when things get bad. I wanna have some control over my situation, but I wanna do it right. So Idaho Women's Business Center, help me. What are the right steps so that I can succeed? And of course, that's what makes our day is when we can get a woman started in business, know that we're improving her life because we're improving her financial standing and see her be successful. Because I like to tell people my job is all about helping women earn more money because that increases stability, their self-confidence and kind of quality of life. Yeah. It's a great job. Absolutely. I was, you know, I was looking at some statistics and it was how women are mostly the ones that are staying home because of their kids being homeschooled rather than men. So it's kind of almost pushing back that, I don't know, 50, 60, 70 years that women have been fighting so hard to, you know, equally be paid and everything, but hearing this and, you know, starting a business is a good solution to that. It's hard work, but at least they they will be able to choose their hours when they work and they can do everything around their kids' schedule. Um, Cause it, yeah, it's just hard. It's hard yeah. to hear those stories. And I'm sure that's where a lot of our um, women coming in saying that they're starting a business is coming from that. The fact that their kids are staying home and they need to be home with them. Exactly, exactly. We're seeing a lot of that. And I remember you know, five or six years ago when I was in corporate management, one thing we talked a lot about is telepreneuring. And could we picture our employees telepreneuring? And we were going, oh, but it's so important then for them to come into the office and be here for meetings. And, and I mean, that still seems so foreign, you know, five years ago when we talked about it and we were just so sure they'd be home goofing off you know, cra crazy manager boss think, you know. Right. Uh, so actually one thing that the pandemic's done is it's kind of pushed us forward into the future. Oh, Maybe yeah. we'll be going back to office a little bit, but I think it's going to open this door for telepreneuring and flexibility. And I agree, Christina, I think it's going to benefit women and certainly parents too. We won't leave the men out. Yes, you know, right. It'll be great for parents and consequently great for kids. I think it is Absolutely. great, especially like myself having little kids, anybody who's listened to the podcast knows I have a bunch of little kids. 
but I, I do the WBC job from home and then my entrepreneurial endeavors are all from home as well. And I have a, a real official setup in my house and, and kind of teaching my kids about like mom's working, like they're, they're seeing it like firsthand and nice. um, that ability to be productive. It's funny when you're saying the thing about like the bosses being like, oh, are they going to be just goofing around at home? And it's like, I remember working at like in the office, people <laughs> were goofing around, like people need to be people like we need to enjoy what we do. The key is we need to enjoy what we do, have a reason for doing it. That's like really inspiring for us. Like no matter what the job is and like to not be allowed to have those moments, like to kind of recharge between tasks and whatever. It's just like, that's where the loyalty would come in and having a little bit of a corporate background myself. I just remember being so frustrated with that mentality of like, nope, you have to be working constantly. And it's like, no, like you're going to get better quality work when people just love what they do. And they're in an environment that allows them to thrive in their individual skills and strengths. And mm -hmm. I think that's, what's really fun about what we do at the women's business center is that people come with these like amazing ideas, or even if they are not sure what they want to do, but they are feeling empowered. And like, what you were saying is like, they want to have that feeling of control and that sense of ownership over like, I can do this. I can take it on with my idea, be in charge of my own life and not be worried about like what happens if something changes um, and get, and get fired or, you know, or whatever ends up happening through the course of just having the regular job situation, but I agree. It's a lot. I love it. I remember um, I was first interviewed by Megan. We've kind of been a team since we started mm -hmm. and she told me, and this was back in 2020. So, I mean, the beginning of 2020 before the mm -hmm. pandemic really, really hit. And uh, Megan was like, I work from home. And I remember thinking, huh, really? I've never heard of anyone that like worked in like, you know, I thought you were going to be in the office and stuff. And I was like, she's like, yeah, I work from home mostly. I'll drop into the office once in a while. And I was like, that is the coolest thing ever. Like, what if the whole world starts working from home one time? And here we are a year later. And I work from home now. And I think Cheryl, you're like 50, 50 hybrid office yeah. and home. But I just, I, I think it's cool. I think it's the future. And even my, uh, my boyfriend is a civil engineer and his office officially said that they'll be allowed to work from home if they want to after this. Like they'll have to come into the office occasionally, but everyone can choose in the future where they want to work because it works perfectly fine. So That's I think awesome. we're going to see some change happen. We're, we're still adaptable beings, aren't we? I think That's, that, yeah. Oh yeah. Great thing to learn. <laughs> really cool oh I totally was just thinking of something that you were saying on that um anyway maybe it'll pop back but um I think I think that's the thing though is like the productivity oh I know what it was just the task orientation of it so like I'm sure that um when Tyler needs to have a certain set of tasks you mm -hmm. still have to do the work I mean you still show that you're doing your work and so I think it's just a really interesting thing and the same is true like there's a hard work that you have to do for your day job and for your entrepreneur space. Like, where do you want to put that energy and have the accountability to get the things done? You can't be successful in any regard if you don't like stay task oriented, however that looks for you. But I love the flexibility and like just the versatility of how people get things done. Lots of people like being in offices. They like being mm -hmm. around the energy of other people. And so there's not, yeah. not a wrong way. I think it's just a matter of looking for those ways to be as adaptable to the different And you make a good team. point of different people are gonna be motivated in different ways and by different things yeah. too. And we all have to find 
that niche and what works for us individually. Agreed. So let's flash back to the past of, of <laughs> your life before WBC. Like, tell us a little bit about yourself or a lot about yourself. Like, okay. Um, yeah. Give well, us how, how about a little bit? Because okay. when Megan and Christina invited me to do this, I'm going, well, I, I don't know that I'm really that interesting, mm -hmm. but um, I'll, I'll throw in a little bit about my background and then maybe some insight of of why I am where I am now. Perfect. And I'm pretty local Idaho. My family moved here right before I started school. And this was in Kimberly, Idaho, down in the Magic Valley. My dad was a, a soil physicist. So he worked for the US government doing um, research on agricultural products. So we've always had a tie to the agricultural community. And my mom didn't work, you know, she volunteered on the library and of course worked in the schools, but that was pretty typical of that era. I remember I was going to school before there was any such a thing as girls basketball teams, you know, mm, wow. <laughs> hard to imagine now, hard to imagine now. So anyway, my father being a physicist with a household full of daughters made sure we took all the math and science we could in high school and set us up for technical careers as well. I ended up getting both a bachelor's and a master's degree in civil engineering, both from University of Idaho, because I'm an Idaho girl. And I was fortunate enough to meet my husband at college. And I remember getting out of school during a recession and there were no jobs at all, not even for engineers or technical people. And we were both fortunate enough to get offers at the Idaho National Lab in Idaho Falls. So, and this is even looking all over the West, it was tough to find jobs. So we felt fortunate we both could find a job in the same place. So I began my career, technical career in engineering. So when I graduated, 15% of the graduates in the engineering professions were women, 15%. So it was kind of lonely, kind of lonely career that way from a female perspective. You know, I worked with men, always worked with men. Sure. And now, I don't know if I'm so proud to say, I just looked this up this week. Now, instead of 15%, it's 20%. So we're still mm -hmm. working on more mm -hmm. women in the engineering profession. So what I'm saying is during my career at the Idaho Lab, which I had, probably five different careers in that 30 plus year experience uh, that never that percent of engineering, women in engineering ramped up to where I wanted it to be. Mm, wow! So I did a lot of fun things for the lab. I worked a lot in natural disaster protection of nuclear facilities because it's a nuclear laboratory. So I did a lot of computer modeling and got to work out in the plant. And they kept moving me into management because as one of my mentors told me, when you, when you find a woman whom with some kind of leadership skills, you try to keep her in management and keep her doing that because we need more examples of women in leadership position. Hmm. So certainly a good 20, 20 years of my career was in management you know, working on up to the ranks. And with the ranks, I would always tell my friends, every time you get promoted to another level, there's a plot where your popularity decreases too. You might get more famous, 
But the more responsibility you have, the more tough decisions you have to make, the more economic crises you have to fight to get your organization through. You just have to make decisions and not everyone wins and it's very tough and hard. So I put my heart and soul into my career at the Idaho National Lab, which, which I'm very proud of it. By the time I retired, I was director of engineering programs. So I was oversight of how our processes work and how it fits up with all our federal and state requirements. And of course, that whole human side of just helping people improve their careers to the point where even I would uh, tell my most promising employees that I think there's another division in the laboratory that's better for you than working for me and you need to move over there. So I really, really enjoyed that time there. But I'll give you examples also of why now this position appealed to me. And this is after a five-year break from retirement. Always at the lab, I heard that if you really want to advance to next level, Cheryl, you've got to have that PhD. Hmm because they're a research lab, you know, and there the credential mattered. And I looked mm. for time to do that, but I was married and had kids and you know what that's like. I mean, it eats up your time. Plus I had travel responsibilities. So I never could find a good time to go back and get that degree. When I, when I retired, finally I had income because I had a pension. So I applied for and went back to graduate school and got my doctorate in political science, something completely different from engineering. And you know, it was so fun because it gave me the liberal arts half of my education to match the technical part. And, and still to this day, oh, I wish I knew as a manager then what, what I know now after this other side of my education. Oh, wow. So having completed that, I started looking, well, I want kind of a job where now I can give back to the community. The Idaho Women's Business Center appeals so much for me because it is working with women, which I've never gotten to do. And it's about bringing women into their full potential and supporting women. Because I felt firsthand what it felt like to be working as a women in, in a in a career. For example, I can remember 1990s, Bill Clinton came into office. And of course, I'm the only, only woman, woman in our department. There, there was a secretary because then there were secretaries, you know, one secretary and me and um, walking up to my colleagues who were having a hallway conversation. And the conversation was, can you believe Clinton put a woman on his cabinet? What is this country coming to you? Wow. When you're young and you're a new employee and, and you know you're never going to quite kind of fit in, but you'd like to. And of course, you're waiting for your own technical expertise. And to mm -hmm. walk up and find that your colleagues feel that way about women. Mm -hmm. So, so you know, I had all kinds of experiences like that. Another one. And this is later when, when I had little kids at home, which just makes me laugh. Um, so this is probably 90, late 90s, late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, my, my, my boss said, Cheryl, you're in charge of the, the safety review at the staff meeting today. And, and here's a video, which then of course we're, we're VCR, you know, VCR. He goes, go, go get the machine and set it up, set up this, 
this video, you know, this VCR player. And I go, okay, because I had little kids. So we didn't put in DVD layers, you know, all of the Disney tapes <laughs> around the VCR player. So if anything, I was the master of the VCR player because I'm a working mom, right? right? Mm -hmm. And my boss said to me, now go get Jeff and he'll help you figure out how to run it. Oh you know, so, so my mom had no idea he was offending me. No idea what he was saying, but it, it told to me how the image that I had to fight against my whole career uh, working as a woman yeah. in a man's field. And my final story, which is also one I love to tell, and it's pretty recent, I'm sorry to say. It's, it's less, less than 10 years ago. I'm in an international conference. International conference. And I am there and I've taken like three of my employees with me, you know, but I'm, I'm the boss. So I'm there and, and they're presenting technical papers and, and I am chairing sessions. You know, I've got a real role at this, this conference. And I walk up to the registration table. And my first question is, oh, you must be one of the mothers of one of our student presenters. Okay, so that, that's the first thing that happened. Then the second thing is I was having lunch with one of my employees who is a man and and the uh, the waiter referred to us as, you know, husband and wife, which is just creepy mm -hmm. and weird, you know, and then he had to explain, no, she's my, you know, but then the banquet on the last night, banquet on the last night, there's big, big round tables and there's people from all over the world. And I'm trying to, you know, introduce the Idaho National Lab because we're very proud of our nuclear heritage. And the Idaho National Lab is actually known across the world. In fact, I would have uh, scientists from uh, South Korea saying, oh, you're from the National Lab with the advanced test reactor. We have to have our picture taken with you because mm. you're from the Idaho okay. National Lab. <laughs> Yeah, so I am working my way around the table, shaking hands, you know, introducing myself, you know, showing my name tag, and and I get around to a gentleman, and he looks at me and he hands me his dinner ticket. He 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 thought I was <laughs> no. So so you know there there I go. E even to be in this big management position as a director and represent the lab, and still to realize that people don't accept me at face value. And it's not necessarily their fault. It's all subconscious. I know that, you know, I've laughed it off the whole time. So that's a very long story for which I apologize. But yeah, to me, it tells why working for the Idaho Women's Business Center is so important. Not only do I get to work with the two of you, which makes mm -hmm. me smile every day, but to be helping these women and having been in a position all my career where, where I was the lonely one, to know that, that we're helping women with any kind of resources that they need, any kind of advice. And what I don't know, I'm on the phone getting the help they do need because I'm not an expert in everything. Mm. And it's, it's just so fun. And I've had so many of our clients tell me, it's just so great to know someone's in your corner fighting for you, believing in you, and accepting you as a professional 
as experienced, as intelligent, as an adult, as can do. You know, what can be more fun like that? Mm. Yeah. I, yeah, I love those stories, Cheryl. And it's, <laughs> you know, it's hard for me to almost imagine like what you lived through because to me, it's like, as women, I'm like, we're pretty equal now. I understand that we're not in some points, but I'm like, we're pretty equal. We have a VP that's a woman now. Like, that's cool. You know? So for me, it's like, oh, I'm sure it was hard, but we're, we're, we're reaching the playing field where we're the same. But then I hear your stories and I'm like, that wasn't very long ago. That was mm-hmm. like, Exactly. Years ago, 20 years exactly. ago. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, it's so, like they said, we're, we're standing on the shoulders of giants, you know, women, women mm-hmm. who came before us, who really took risks. Yes. Yep. And fought yeah. hard. So we can I just re- be here now. That's amazing. I just saw a documentary um, and they were talking about how women couldn't have credit cards. They had to get them co-signed by their husbands or their fathers. And I was like, that must have been like in the 50s or something, but it was not. And I was so shocked. I was like, how did I not know about this? (laughs) One of my favorite classes in grad school was on reproductive rights. You know, so so this is political Mm. science class on policy, you know, U.S. policy with with reproduction, which a lot of that focuses on women. And it's it's just fascinating. And, and one of my favorite anecdotes from that, or, you know, this actually happened is, you know, contraception, women, contraception for women was illegal at the federal level. And a lot of the states would overturn that, you know, individually, but the federal level contraception was, and I'm not talking abortion or anything else. I'm talking just contraception was illegal until World War II. Why World War II? Because they needed women working in the factories. They needed women in the workforce. So suddenly, now it's convenient for women to have contraception. Oh, boy. Yes. Oh, yeah. And and that was was just full of stories like that. And Christina's great example about women could not sign for their own loan or get a credit card or anything like that. They all, all always had to have that male signature. So, and you're right, it was not that long ago. Yeah. No, wow. I loved, I loved all your stories. Mm-hmm. We definitely have, a, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say in the way you like just brought it all together and you're like, this is the yeah. reason why I wanted to work for the IWBC. The fact that you didn't see many women in your field for so much time. And you're like, in, in your position now as an associate director, you can empower women and you can help them reach their goals and yeah, just treat them like professionals, like you said. Right, right. Yeah, which they are. Yeah, exactly. It's like for us, for us as women, like it's like, duh, we already know this. And it's, it's, <laughs> can be exhausting a little bit to think about like how much work there is still yet to be done and how it's just sometimes feels like an uphill well it is an uphill battle it's not like it feels like it there's still just things that are like oh my goodness that shock me about um just the the differentiation of how there's still some expectations on 
who has what role and whatever. And it's hard to break the habit of generations and mm -hmm. religious and cultural influences and all those different things. And in some ways there's all, I, I think it's, I'm like, this, see, this is what's fun about podcasting, Cheryl, is sometimes it just like darts around a little bit with some other just lessons, but <laughs> right. it's like the equality that we seek in certain areas doesn't have to discount the fact that there's also things that make genders or whatever identification people want their own like unique thing that we get to be excited about. There's lots of things I love about being a woman and a lot of things that I'm like, bah. And so it does, it's like, I, I, I just long for a time where it can be everything that like, it really is the freedom to um, feel like you can explore stuff and not have people be shocked or like have it be right. identified like that. Right. Like another right. random. Or, or having people automatically assume that you're dumb. And the yeah. older I get, the older I get, the more I get of that. You know, like oh, when, when I'm meeting a stranger, and then they start explaining to me, they start explaining to me, you know, and, and it's so wild. And I don't, yeah. I don't know if we've ever talked um, about it on, oh, on another episode, Christine or not, but we probably have. But one of my, one of my hobbies and businesses is doing stand-up comedy and there's not as many women in that role. And I started it 10 or 11 years ago. Yeah. And what was, what's an interesting thing is how much in that realm, like we still have to be like, don't do that when like a host of the show will be like, our next comedian is a very funny woman, da, 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 da. But in any other case, you don't, they don't bring up the other comedians as this next comedian is a hilarious male, you know? It's just like, <laughs> it sounds bizarre when right. you say it like that. Yeah. Right. It's like, be right. shocked. You'll never guess that this next comedian, because you won't be able to probably figure it out just by looking at the person as they step up. Let me make sure you know that you're preparing yourself for a woman and, and even like what we're allowed right. to joke about. Yeah. And you hear that and, and they don't no. even realize they're doing it, but they hear that. I remember when we had, um, Oh, a, a woman professional visitor from Lockheed Martin coming to the lab and our managers telling us, okay, we have this visitor and, and we want you to, you know, take her on tours and show her this uh, because she's really sharp. She's like, like they had to explain to us that, that she's important because uh, by the way, she's, she's smart, you know. Goodness. Like no, that was some added attribute that, that right we might not figure out for ourselves. I guess <laughs> that's uh, well. I I don't know. I think I've told Megan about it, but in college, um, I researched in biomechanics for three out of the four years, and yeah. by the time I was a junior in college, I was like, oh, there's a lot of like I was like I want to be in a field with more women because it had gotten to that point, and I didn't even go into a career of it. And I was, it's just hard. It's hard because I remember presenting at an, uh, a national conference and the comments that you would get sometimes were just too much. And I was like, what if I just switched to another field? And sad to say that I left the STEM fields because of the fact that I didn't feel very welcomed in it, mm. you know, as a woman. Um, and I don't know. I hope it changes. I hope in the next like 10, 20 years, we see a lot more change in it, but it is hard. Yeah. Oh, and we will. I, we will, yeah. you know, <laughs> I have great confidence in, in the new generations coming Same. through and especially through my political science background now. It's just the future is bright without a, out of doubt. It's just, I agree. 
you know, better and better all the time. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I totally agree. That just the way they, that there is a difference in yeah. being able to just show up and not that we should have to prove ourselves as women, but time and time again, that proof is just naturally there of like the success and the accomplishments that are, are happening. Yeah. And, and I think there's a little bit more wiggle room just because there's so much more awareness in most industries. I think that we can kind of lean on some accountability of like if people, you know, and maybe it's, maybe it's just me personally that note, I look for the opportunities to gently welcome people that seem a little oblivious. Cause I think in mm -hmm. some cases people are not even noticing that they're being like sexist or whatever, like they may not even realize that they're doing yes. it. And so looking for those opportunities to kind of like gently bring that information up to speed. And yeah. Well, seem to be more receptive. And, to it. and it's hard to do because you don't want to embarrass anyone. Absolutely. You know? That's no yeah. fun. But yeah. We're just all getting nudged. And I'm sure I, I say things all the time that offend people that I don't even realize. And, and for that, everyone, I apologize. <laughs> you know, <laughs> never intend to, but it, we're just all human. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Exactly. We all have inherent biases, and we have to unlearn Absolutely. some behaviors. And I, there is hope it's going to change. I, yes, definitely. I think it's it's already getting better. I mean, our team is full of amazing women, and mm -hmm. we're all women, so we're here exactly. doing things, and, and, it's and we're pretty culturally diverse. We're yeah. age diverse, mm -hmm. experience mm -hmm. diverse. Yeah, and and I love it. Yeah, I agree. Oh, it's so good. Wow. I feel like that might be a good place to button it up. This was really super fun to have you on today, Cheryl. Thank you for taking the time and for sharing your wisdom and experiences and perspectives and delightful stories. It was a, exactly the treat I expected. I knew it was going to be really fun to have you on. So thank you for taking the time. Well, you're welcome. And thanks to both of you. Yeah, of Thank course. you, Cheryl. <laughs> and with that, until next time, guys. Thanks for listening to The Business Backpack by the IWBC. Learn more about our classes and business connections by visiting us at idahowomen.org.